everyone. On this week's episode, Megan and I are back to talk about our second part of the discussion of Drawing of the Three, the second book in the Dark Tower series. We are still on our Doomcation in between books. So for now, we're just going to be doing this one and then we'll probably have one more episode before we get back to Dune. Uh, the next episode will be Dune related though. It will either be on the Lynch movie or the sci-fi miniseries. We're not really sure which one yet, but we are lining up a guest for that. So that is definitely something to stay tuned for. That'll probably be out in a few weeks. We will also be having, because da 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 da, we've been around for a year now. So for our year anniversary, we will be having a giveaway. Uh, I'll have links for that for you soon, but we're going to be giving away that gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous new hardcover edition of Dune with that beautiful new cover. Uh, I've got that. I've got some stuff from our merch store that I'll be giving, some extra prizes there. So stay tuned for that and we'll tell you how you can participate. I think it'll be really easy for everyone. And uh, yeah, enjoy this week's episode on The Dark Tower 2, The Drawing of the Three, Part 2. Hello and welcome to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. And usually on this podcast, we are covering Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. But this week is the second week in our little Between Books of Dune break. Mm-hmm. We are talking about The Drawing of the Three, the yes. second book in the Dark Tower series. Uh, we realized that we were going to have to split this into two because we just couldn't stop talking. <laughs> I was like, we are already over an hour and we are... <laughs> <laughs> not even close to being finished with the book. So, <laughs> and it's not a particularly long last like chunk, but no. a lot of stuff happens. So, a lot happens and it moves very very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, it it was a, it's a lot of ground to cover and we didn't want to, you know, have you guys like hang in for like a three hour long episode (laughs) we're not that popular yet (laughs) um to expect people to want to listen to us talk for that long so (laughs) even our loved ones at times in real life are like oh Oh my god yeah and every time this series comes up my husband is just kind of rolls his eyes and groans and is like oh boy here we go Well, I was getting a bit of that the other day when my husband got those magic cards and was just like, oh, no, let me correct how you phrase that. And it's like, oh, no. (laughs) What's happening? Um, Oh, no. (laughs) Wait, who was correcting who in this scenario? Oh, he was correcting me just because I said starter pack. And I guess they're not called that. Oh, a booster pack. Get it right, Megan. (laughs) Apparently, there are no starter packs. You just jump on in. Yeah, apparently so. Um, Good for that. I should show you. Yeah, I should show you my husband's bookshelf and all the boxes of magic cards he has. I I mean, I'm just saying, like, that is our retirement. (laughs) Apparently, like, we don't, I guess we never need to retire because we'll just be paying for these cards for forever. 
Yeah, I thought you meant like, you know, you could sell them someday when we no longer use money. We just use magic cards. I don't think any of them are even that valuable. There's just so many of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, when he paid off his big student loan, which was a very big deal, it was a very big loan, and he finally, like, had been crushing us for years, and he finally got it paid off, like, he treated himself mm-hmm. to, like, a case of magic cards, and oh I'm not going to tell you how much it cost, but it was, um, I had, you know, my hair went white that weekend, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like to think that way sometimes about my horror paperbacks because you see the yeah. ridiculous prices that some people put, that people put at, post them for, not necessarily that anyone pays for them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's a nice dream to think like, oh, if I ever need a quick grand, mm-hmm. no one's ever paid a grand for any of this. But I like <laughs> to think, you know, if it's burning a hole in your pocket, yeah, please, <laughs> please can reach out, contact me. Yeah. What you need, what you need. (laughs) (laughs) So, where did we leave off last time? When we left off last, it was Eddie and Roland and I believe... Detta, right? I think she had just become Odetta when we left off for that little tiny bit. And they had just, were just about to find the third door. We were in the the section, like that book. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah so Eddie is because Roland has gotten sick again mm-hmm. or you know when he had the antibiotics like he didn't have enough you know how it is with antibiotics you have to take the whole course and a few samples isn't going to cut it if it's a really serious infection so he started getting sick again and we kind of got to a point where Eddie had to leave him in a you know a safe spot take Odetta or take Detta, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, Odetta at that point, up the beach, just the two of them to try to find the door and then come back for Roland. So poor Eddie has really, <laughs> he's really working off that, uh, that heroin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he talks to, because Eddie is talking to, to Odetta. And mm-hmm. he is trying to convince her that what is happening is real. Because she thinks that she's having some kind of break. Yeah. And... She thinks she has a head injury and mm-hmm. explains that she had a head injury when she was a child and was in a coma for three weeks. And that she just got a head injury when she was in the South. Uh, yes. And he says, but say, you know, but you remember being home. Like, mm. you don't... Your last memory isn't of being in that jail cell being yeah. eaten your last memory is of your apartment and she, she don't all- like that <laughs> no and she also points out that you know she, eddie and roland both say that when they found her she was you know uh, shoplifting in macy's and i enjoy that while she's one saying you know she would never shoplift and two that if she was it would be something nicer i appreciate that odetta is like classy and rich enough or she's like macy's <laughs> <laughs> My word. Yeah. Odetta is very wealthy. We yes. should. I don't know if we really explained that the last time. I know you said that her father invented several like patents mm-hmm. on or had um, patents on some dental procedures that made them very, very rich. So very, very rich. And she says, you know, I wouldn't steal jewelry. I don't wear jewelry. And mm-hmm. Eddie says, you're wearing jewelry. 
Like, look <laughs> at your hands. And she's wearing two very big rings, which I appreciate this because it's a diamond that's so big and gaudy that it has to be fake. Mm-hmm. And an opal that's so big and gaudy that it has to be real. <laughs> yeah. I just appreciate that, that picture of an opal. Cause yeah. <laughs> they're a flashy gem. <laughs> they really are. And that is another little point where she's like, I don't like what's happening. Everyone stop talking to me. Uh, let, at this point, Roland and Eddie have a little conversation because Roland is now saying, like, look, I told you. Mm-hmm. It's two different people. Yeah, don't push her, especially because he doesn't. The thing is, is that Detta and Odetta are not there. They have a vague awareness of the other, but they've convinced themselves that the other doesn't exist. Mm hmm. Like, it's sort of a they do and they don't, but, like, their mind just refuses to acknowledge Mm -hmm. the other. Yeah, like, Roland points out later that when she becomes Detta again, that she has an entire narrative of what's Mm -hmm. been happening to her that is totally invented. Like, she thinks that they're trying to poison her and that they're eating, like, steaks and trying to feed her garbage and none of this is happening, but Odetta has convinced herself it is. Um, But... At this point, Eddie brings up that he thinks that she might be schizophrenic, which is incorrect. Um, yeah. But one, when this book was written, two, it's Eddie. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> he's, what, 23? Yeah. And he's just like, I saw Three Faces of Eve one time. Like, you probably <laughs> yeah. saw Sybil on Sybil, right. <laughs> prime time. So, all right, fine, you know. But he's finally starting to believe it because he realizes that, like, she honestly didn't realize that she was even wearing those rings until I drew her attention to it because her brain is trying so hard to protect her Mm -hmm. from this other stuff. And Roland's just like, yeah, that's what I told you. (laughs) I think it's also important to note here that Roland is very specific to Eddie that he does not want Odetta to know about Detta and vice versa until the right moment, he says. He's kind of got... Not a plan, more like a beginning of an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he tells Eddie, you need to be on your guard around her. Yeah. I know you're nuts about her, but you gotta be on your guard. She which, will kill you. <laughs> which she does not do. And then overnight, she becomes Detta again and is like, well, I'm going to kill them. Yeah. So uh, while Eddie is running back to get Roland... You know, he leaves Odette. And the one thing Roland says before Eddie leaves, do not, for the love of God, give her that gun. No. Do not leave her with that gun. But apparently there's like a wild cat in the hills that's like making lots of noises and Eddie's scared. And, you know, he doesn't think that like leaving Odetta with just a pile of rocks is enough. Yeah, And he's... One of the things that they also notice that Eddie kind of notices first is that all of the horrible stuff that Detta says is all, it's even fake for her. Mm-hmm. You know, he says that she sounds like a cliche, that she's like kind of playing up this sort of stereotype and that, you know, the way she talks and the slang and how, you know, she's always calling them honkies and all this and that, that it's, it's a persona mm. and that it's masking that she's not just this like shitty right. shoplifter she's something that's darker and evil yeah. and oh, she... Walker is a literal monster 
yeah and she everything that she has to say i mean and, and i do think that it is important to note that as horrible as the stuff she's saying is it focuses a lot on that she perceives them as the threats of sexual violence yes that she thinks that they are going to rape her mm-hmm. she you know threatens that if they try she's going to bite it off and you know all sorts of things and that that's a recurring thing she also accuses them a lot of having sex with each other yeah um which i kind of appreciate that neither of them is like taken aback by that there's no point where she says that neither of them is like blah, blah, blah. yeah <laughs> I, I do think a lot of a lot of writers would have had that where one of them is thinking like how could she even like oh of all the things to say but they're just both yeah. like whatever yeah one we're not raping you we're not having sex with each other everything you're saying is nonsensical yeah uh but it is very important because i think that odetta doesn't like roland no she's afraid of him she's afraid of him and she says to eddie at one point that she doesn't want his gun because she doesn't want anything of his i feel like the reason she's afraid of roland like the main reason she's really afraid of him is because he knows Mm-hmm. and she knows that he knows on some level and that scares her more than anything i'd be scared of him too oh yeah frankly I mean, he is described often as being terrifying to look at but i mean by the end of the book they are just kind of all like chilled out family style around a campfire just mm-hmm. like having a good old time but I'd, yeah, you have to always be sort of just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> How are we all doing over here? I don't yeah. want to stand by him. I'm going to yeah. stand by you. Uh, oh, and at some point, so she becomes Detta, mm-hmm. becomes Odetta again. They That's when Eddie leaves with her and they leave Roland so they can look for the door. Yeah. Uh, they do at one point in here have sex. Yes. Um. And uh, I think is, it's actually very sweet. And, it is. And, and I like that the next day he's all like, I love you. And she's like, oh, maybe <laughs> I love you too. But there's a lot going on. And you're yeah. young. So yes. Um, pump the brakes on that for a second. Odetta is how old? Like 30? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's between like, yeah, like 27, 30. So she's mm-hmm. you know older than Eddie. Not a, a like a ton older, but yeah. old enough where she's kind of just like, okay. I mean, I'm six years older than my husband, and it's not often, like, now it's not a big deal, but when we first started dating, it was weird, Mm -hmm. because he was 22 and I was 28, yeah. Oh, yeah, see? Mm -hmm. This is speaking to you. No. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, And then you were on a beach, and he was killing giant lobsters. Mm -hmm. Um, So, they find the door. And this is yes. when he's like, I'm going to give you the gun. She's like, don't give me the gun. <laughs> yeah. And I think for- it's important to note that neither of them can open the door. It no. has to be Roland. Yeah. And I also like that of the two of them, even though Odetta doesn't like Roland, she understands him more because she mm-hmm. tells Eddie, she says, if you give me the gun, he'll be angry that you gave it to me, but he'll be angrier at me that I took it. Yeah. Which is right. Which is absolutely mm-hmm. true. And he's just like, that's ridiculous. And she's like, no, it's not. One of the things that's like a recurring theme through the whole series is that she understands Roland like more than Eddie, more than any of the other characters mm-hmm. to come. 
Like, they have, there's a sort of an intuitive relationship. Mm-hmm. Because she's... And boy, does that get twisted by the Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, put a pin she... in that. Because <laughs> she's the, the Elaine. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, and this is, we should probably explain that, like, mm-hmm. the the whole cotet thing is that... Um, you know, it's sort of like these are like different versions of Roland's previous quartet, like in his old life when he was a, an actual gunslinger, when he was mm-hmm. in Gilead. So he had, it was him and Elaine and uh, Cuthbert and, you know, lots of other people. And so Eddie is, you know, frequently compared to Cuthbert and yeah. or Cuthbert, I believe it's. They, oh, is it? I've never actually heard. They it actually like. I think in the last book, like he or in Wizard and Glass, he pronounces it out for someone for oh. Shebe. Yeah. Why would he do that? Because it's Cuthbert. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's not as fun to say as Cuthbert, but. Also, I don't. If it's in Wizard and Glass, I'm going to be, uh, uh, you know, be just sort of like, rrr, rrr, rrr. Jamie. <laughs> also, there's Jamie. We forget each other. I thought there's a Jamie. Well, that's going to be me in the last three books, through the whole last three books. So I think I can deal with you in that one, but you're going to have a longer road with me, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, just, I just like that there's Cuthbert, Elaine, and Jamie. <laughs> yeah, Jamie. <laughs> and Jamie. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, like Jamie Lannister. Hello, I'm Jamie. Like, oh what? no, <laughs> it's just a perfectly fine that... name, but it's so it's so very eighties to me because I grew yeah. up with a million boys Jamie's. and girls named Jamie. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrote a character named Jamie once. Anyway, few Romans. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that I believe that they're gonna cover a lot of this in the television series that they're developing now i think that got canceled oh okay yeah well I'm, I'm honestly not going to complain about that because unless you're going to do it like game of thrones style like really give it a budget mm-hmm. and the be- better thing about this series the game of thrones these books are finished yeah you don't yeah, have no, to leave have, it to two it been passed like, on inept just... writers to finish to the last season so yeah it has been canceled like amazon didn't pick it up so i don't know if they're oh. shopping it around or hmm okay i mean i'm not i'm not sad about that no i mean there's so much there's so much tv i'm too it's... tired i mean i would watch this but like the every time i get really excited for a television series that that's developed from like a book that I love. It doesn't always work out. Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed the His Dark Materials season. I thought they did a good job. It was a little slow. Um and then American Gods, like they had a really strong first season and then it just completely shit the bed. Like once Fuller and Green left. Oh yeah. Forget it. Like yeah, I, this is not the story I love, so um why bother? That's that's one of those that's like heroes where it's like, isn't it amazing how it had one season? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Nuts. Sleepy Hollow too. Uh, I was I was about to say, just like Sleepy Hollow, like that wow, that one season of Sleepy Hollow, man, what a banger. Mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> amazing. Uh, <laughs> so 
Eddie goes back to get Roland, and the first thing Roland says when he sees him is, you gave her the gun. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, that's all you have to say to me? And he's like, that's all that matters. <laughs> fucking love Eddie. Roland sometimes. I know, I do too. <laughs> and he's just like, ugh, my dumb kid. <laughs> I Basically. Yeah. Like, look, I kind of <laughs> love you already, and you're great, but you are the dumb kid. Like, why? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, he is, um, I guess he's disappointed, but not surprised at all. Yeah. So they go back, and when they get to the door, Odetta is nowhere to be found, and they realize it's because she has become Detta again, and is hiding yes. from them with the gun. So she's off hiding in the grasses somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Roland looks through the door, and they are seeing into, it's a man named Jack Mort, which is very on oh, the yeah. nose. So what's written on the door, though? Ah, the pusher. The pusher. So there was... I, I like that they make a note of this in in the... Like, when Eddie first sees the door, like, he <laughs> thinks of an entirely different kind of mm-hmm. pusher. And I, I just thought that was a nice detail. Uh, but yeah, Jack Mort is very... That is, like, almost Dickensian in its, yeah. like, I mean, he's a... I'm Jack Death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Joe Death yeah. here. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so what is Jack Mort doing when we see him? He is on a street corner in Manhattan yeah. waiting to push Jake into traffic. Yes, this is going to be so, so important later, you guys. Like, we're just, I really just want to, like, shout it out. Pay attention to this part of the book if you decide to read it. Roland goes inside of him and realizes, because Jack Mortis is watching this kid, and he has Mm -hmm. been following him and learning his schedule, and today is the day he has planned to push him into traffic. Mm -hmm. Roland sees this, like, can kind of sense his motivations, sees that it's Jake, and realizes that this is so Jake, if you all recall, entered Roland's world in the first book because he was pushed in front of a car and died in mm-hmm. our world. Yes. Um, so Roland realizes this is when that's happening. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even really have to do much because that momentary time that he's in charge of the body, as it were, mm-hmm. is enough to throw off the timing. And by the time Jack Mort comes back to himself, Jake is already like this. The light has changed and he's crossing yeah. the street. It's too late. The it's... the chance has passed. So he just stomps off to work in a little snit. Yeah, what's fun, what's kind of cool about this too is that, you know, the he talks about like when he, when he came into Eddie's mind, like Eddie was vaguely aware of him, like he felt discomfort, mm-hmm. or felt like he was being watched, and then like, Odetta knew like right away that someone was in her head, but like Jack Mort is like doesn't feel a thing like he has no more awareness of roland than you know a fly on the wall but yeah i kind of wonder too if that's because jack mort is has like no soul no there's just he's just empty and there's nothing there and one little thing that i just want to bring up that isn't necessarily plot related but i noticed it when i was rereading a little today Mm -hmm. is that during the sequence, which is very lovely, where mm-hmm. uh, Odetta and Eddie uh, like are like talking and like watching the stars together, and then they end up sleeping together. There is a point when her skin is described like chocolate. Don't yeah. do that. 
I mean, we've come a long way <laughs> since this we talked book about was that. Written. I think a little bit when we were talking about all the stuff with you know yeah. the romance stuff, but it was just obviously there's like you know no going back now to this to this and. I'm sure yeah. Stephen King, you know, is listening to me right now. But yeah. um, I hope he feels bad. No, <laughs> it's just you know maybe we don't. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good idea to. And like, okay, here's words that you really shouldn't use when describing someone's skin or skin tone, what have you. Um, anything that's a food, just don't do that. Don't use dusky. Don't use swarthy. <laughs> you can just say brown. Yeah. You can say light brown, dark brown. You know, you don't have to get into this, like, you don't have to get purple with it. It's kind of offensive when you do. So just don't do it. It just was a little jarring because it was just mm-hmm. so very, she's black and he's white and they're together. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. No, and I that's know that. totally fine. Yeah. Because I know who these characters are. And I think it is important just in terms for Odetta. I mean, coming from the time period she comes in, mm-hmm. comes from, you know, it's, it is a big, it's an important thing for her because obviously no one in Midworld is really, I don't think going to care, but the world yeah. she comes from, they do. And uh, even, you know, the world that Eddie comes from, just 20 years later, they, they cared. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. But it was just sort of like, oh, but this yeah. was so nice. But <laughs> anyway, back to Jack. So No, I'm glad you brought that up <laughs> because it is, it, it did also like kind of stick out to me when I was rereading it. Um, I, I think because we both read so much romance too. And I feel like current day, like, present day romance authors are very Mm -hmm. aware of this and don't really do that if they're worth their salt they know better (laughs) so it it is jarring when you see it but the so jack is an accountant oh and meanwhile roland has left eddie and is just like hopefully you don't get killed yeah (laughs) good luck Look out like keep on your guard don't go to sleep because if you go to sleep she'll kill you and eddie has just ran like miles on the beach with you know pushing people in a wheelchair (laughs) for like he's been doing this for like three and a half days and it's important to note that depending on if he's pushing detta or odetta in the wheelchair depends on how hard it is as well because yeah. well Odetta is you know capable of of helping and pushing you know a lot of you know doing it herself mm-hmm. uh Detta like pulls the brake yeah. and like falls purposely, out on purpose like, yeah she'll like purposely over. tip over yeah she does everything she she can to like slow them down so on a beach yeah and you're pushing a wheelchair in sand even packed sand that's really hard i don't like dragging a cooler on the beach god no <laughs> like you're just it's just full of you know coke i don't even like dragging myself on the beach no no there's that as well <laughs> i um, mean I, I love going to the beach but every time like i get down to the shore and i start like i you know like go down to the water i'm like oh this hurts my legs why am i doing this again oh yeah it's really nice i just keep thinking of how like uncomfortably damp they all must be because the beach gets cold it doesn't well, matter it's where also you like, are and it's you have all that nasty. sea spray yeah oh and it just like is... coats your skin oh yeah they must be like really chalky at this point and this is another series where there i always have this little 
king of realism. It's the same thing that happened like when I was watching like say Walking Dead. Mm. There's a part of me that wants to say like you're good you're going to have sex right now. Yeah. <laughs> when when you, when did you last get in that water? Yeah. <laughs> Ever? Yeah. <laughs> um wash your dick. Like it's important. Also no offense Eddie, but like um IV drug user. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, let's have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is all they far of, too much realism. They but sort we, of. He sort of skated by that <laughs> that one, didn't he? I mean, I, God I forbid a, we go through a single book where an abortion isn't brought up. But for real, let's not ever address the fact that <laughs> one of your characters was an IV drug user and is somehow drug f- or disease free. Yeah. In the 80s, exactly. Which, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be, like, that's, you know, the luck of Eddie. Because he, <laughs> you know, has mentioned that where, you know, well, his brother has had all these various issues and, like, bad yeah. reactions and whatnot. He's, He's always had, had a that. touch of grace, yeah. Yeah, so, whew, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, how convenient. <laughs> yeah, thank why, goodness. <laughs> why do you always have to shame abortions? Oh, my God. There's, that's another thing is that there's definitely... I just I do get to a point even in all these books that I read where the first time anyone has sex and it's just like are you gonna get pregnant don't Mm -hmm. get pregnant like this is a really bad situation to get pregnant in yeah this is the kind of thing too like I've been watching um the Nosferatu series on Hulu that's you know from Joe Hill's book and I'm just like Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it last night because I was like of course she wouldn't get an abortion. <laughs> it's just it, it because this is a book by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son, and the only time that ever happens, someone, you know, is punished for it in some way. It can't ever just be a normal thing that happens. No. Because, you know. Well, and I mean, also, and do you want really, that in Midworld, though? They God had, knows. I mean, yeah, no. But, I mean, also, like, I don't want to give birth in midworld either mm, oh no god no yeah so it's just like i don't know at some point i'm just like they had set up this series like the television show it to in such a way that i was like it would have been totally plausible and fine if she just didn't have a baby but no they have to do that and I'm well just she's like, got a eh. lot of other stuff going on yeah i mean that's true but I don't know. It was <laughs> not a... my favorite of his books. I'll just say that. Oh, Nosferatu? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite Joe Hill book. Is it really? It is. I have an autographed copy of it. I think it was because I listened to the audiobook and it's narrated by um, Kate, Kate Mulgrew. Mulgrew and, yeah. oh, it was rough, man. It was really cringy. I also liked The Fireman, but that was not a great book to read while I was currently pregnant. Mm, I cried gotcha. a lot. Oh no! I cried at everything when I was. Pre- I cried everything already when I was pregnant. I'm... It was just exponentially worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I cry constantly, so I don't know what you want. <laughs> I cried at one point, and this is only slightly worse than it would have been ordinarily because I saw a picture of a cute bird, Aww, and I was just I've like, "It's that. so done... beautiful." <laughs> Billy was just like, "Is it dead or so? you know, like what, what about this bird?" And I'm like, "No, it's just." perfect like, i mean okay. i have shed so many tears for all the koalas and mm. and kangaroos and all the stuff in australia like it's ridiculous like my i cry all the time 
I cry every time at that flippin' Christian the Lion video. Mm. And I've seen it a million times. <laughs> and you shouldn't own lions. No. And it could have gone very badly, but it didn't. He remembered his fathers. Aww. And they set that video to, like, you know, my heart will go on. And I'm just like, well, here it goes. <laughs> And I'm showing it to people, and they're like, oh, good, the lion is, like, hugging them. Okay. I'm like, no, you do what? But my <laughs> point is, is that it would be nice if, for once, like, someone mm-hmm. in that family that was a writer didn't think that abortion was super, super naughty. I read half of Owen's book. I haven't read it all. Sorry, oh. Owen. <laughs> I haven't read it. I mean, I'm super behind. I haven't read The Outsider. I'm watching the series. Oh, I haven't read the book. Yeah. But anyway, uh, anyway, sorry. Um, so Jack is an accountant. He goes to work. He's a. I should say he's like a like a really like a. I don't want to say a corporate accountant, but like I an accountant that... for. I think they have like really wealthy clients because he's got like he wears Gucci slippers. He's got a Rolex. You know, he's he's doing well. Mm-hmm. And. We also learn, because while Roland is sort of in there, he can kind of see flashes of Jack Mort's memories, Yeah, that Jack Mort was the one who dropped the brick on Odetta when she was a little girl. Yes. Because this is just the kind of thing he likes to do. And he's um, the guy that pushed her in front of the train. Yes, because he's a creep. And yes. his name is Jack Death. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Death, but not for you. Uh so and he also keeps a scrapbook which ew that yeah. somehow becomes even grosser when they add mm. that little mm-hmm. tidbit of anyone it's just like oh i'm keeping all these clippings Ugh. yeah uh meanwhile detta is just waiting to catch eddie and wait for roland to come back um mm-hmm. she ends up carrying like she ends up catching eddie basically yeah and kind of hog tying him in such a way that if he tries to struggle he will choke himself mm-hmm. uh, and leaves him where the lobstrosities will be able to get him when the tide comes in yes so that's where they are <laughs> yeah so eddie is like trying to keep his trying not to strangle himself and waiting to be torn apart by giant lobster monsters uh roland Takes over Jack's body and gets him oh, to leave work early. It's a really, I'm just going to say, this is a really, like, fun section of the book. Because it is. he has zero regard for Jack Mort and Jack Mort's body, which is appropriate. Mm-hmm. But, like, just rolling, like, trying to, like, not even really trying to be normal and pass <laughs> is really entertaining. Like, he gets in an elevator and, you know, he gets in with one of, you know, Jack Mort's co-workers who's just sort of babbling, you know, usual kind of office babble. Mm-hmm. And he just turns to him and just goes, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and he notices that, like, the guy's afraid and he realizes that the guy's already afraid of Jack Mort. Like, yeah. And he notices, he knows that, like, everyone in this office is afraid of Jack Mort because they just sense that there's something Mm -hmm. off about him he gets in a taxi and uh gets him to 
he gets the taxi driver. He picks enough of Jack's brain that he gets the taxi driver to take him to a gun shop. Mm -hmm. I think also, like, we should say that when he, when he does, like, consult Jack's brain or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. sort of rifle through his memories or his thoughts to see, like, what is this thing called? Like, there's always a pause yeah so he's just like pausing and kind of like gl- <laughs> glazing over <laughs> so there's all these moments he could get that's the cab the cab driver's like where do you want to go and it's yeah. blank and then he's like hold on a second the guy's like uh what <laughs> and later he gets asked for his name and like address by some police officers and he has to be like hold on jack mort central park west you know like mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. go boy <laughs> Right. Uh, so he goes into this gun shop and is basically like twirling in circles with <laughs> glee. He's like, wow, guns, bullets, so such wealth. He wants to see like a chart so he can try to figure out what kind of bullets he needs for his gun. Yeah. He's made up a story that like his brother or someone has a gun and he wants to buy him some bullets. And so he looks at this, he finds the right bullets and he's just like how many the guy's like well how many boxes do you want and he's just like well how many come in a box and the guy's like 50 and he's just like because <laughs> he thought maybe like 10 yeah <laughs> like maybe maybe he gets some and then he's just like <laughs> oh, okay um so like how many so he's like how he asks jack like how much money do you have and he says like yeah 60 dollars in his wallet and he's like okay how much did these cost a box? And the guy's like, oh, like 18 bucks. And he's just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, I'm going to get three boxes. <laughs> he's just like, I can't imagine I'll ever need all this much. Which sounds so crazy when you think in terms of, like, just picturing, like, usual movies when it's just mm-hmm. like, bullet, 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 bullet. Yeah. And the fact that he was anticipating maybe being able to get five bullets. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa. And also just like there's a book that the guy brings out, like, you know, kind of like an encyclopedia just to look at all the different. The Shooter's Bible. And he's just like, look at this book. And there's a book about bullets. (laughs) Surprised he doesn't take that. He is Sam Sam Winchester nerding out right now. Uh, but it turns out that you, you do need a permit in order to buy ammunition, which he, of course, does not have. So he manages to kind of pull back and he realizes that there are policemen outside and he mm-hmm. doesn't quite get like what their jobs are. But he gets that, you know, this guy keeps kind of looking their direction. He's like, they were gunslingers, but they were fat and lazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he that's what he says. It's a world of lotus eaters. Oh, yes. I love that line, actually. I love that line. I think it's so good. <laughs> so he pretends that like, oh, you know, well, I guess I just I didn't know that you needed that. So I'll just come back later kind of thing. And the guy's like, OK, because it turns out that the shopkeeper has a gun behind the, yes. the counter. So he well, he's look, getting him to, you know, to grab something to look at. Roland drops Jack's wallet on the floor and hides it. Yeah. And then he goes out to the there's a police car out front. And he says, that guy in there stole my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's funny that they were like, that you sort of get glimpses into what these cops are thinking. Like, years later, like, this guy would go to the museum and see, like, some kind of, like, 
machine that was doing math or something mm-hmm. and and was like that reminds me or like you ask it a question and whatever and like it there was always a pause before it came up yeah. with the answer and he's like that reminded him of Roland and then the, the, the other, other guy <laughs> goes to see a movie with his son a few years in the future yeah. and realizes into the movie that one of the char- the main character reminds him of Roland and then he dies of a heart attack in the movie theater and, and that it was movie, the Terminator the Terminator, Terminator. <laughs> one of our faves <laughs> I do like that there's a little point where it's like he didn't look like the actor like he's like I'm not trying to say that Roland looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> Like, that would be weird. That would be very strange. <laughs> there is a lot. I'm just going to throw this in here because yeah. this just bug me. There is some very bizarre homophobia. Oh, yeah. I get that it's supposed to be like these are a couple of like these, you know, a couple shitty cops. Like just there's a little point when they first see him and Jack's body and looking like, at the gunshot window. And with the lavender handcuffs. Yeah, and they make some crappy jokes. And then when he comes out and starts talking to them, it's they just double down because they're like, oh, he doesn't sound like an expletive and, mm-hmm. you know, slur, 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 slur. And it's just like, okay, he's wearing a nice suit and you assume, okay, fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> also, just the fact because it's the 80s, like, that was sort of the whole cliche, like that whole like, oh, you know, uptown businessman. Mm. He must yeah. be in the closet. Yeah, it's just, it's very, but... um, Yeah, it's not great. It's really it's, not great. It's very strange because this is a whole paragraph of the you know what these cops are thinking and what they're thinking is, oh, he doesn't seem like a slur. Mm. It's like, oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind of excited when he brings up that this guy stole his wallet because they've been trying to like arrest this guy for ages. He's, like, vaguely connected to some kind of, like, uh, vaguely Italian crime Mm -hmm. family. And it's, like, the... uh, Speaking of stereotypes. The guy who's working is the owner's, like, brother who Mm. is, like, kind of, you know, a a little shitty criminal. Yeah. And they're just like, oh. And then he mentions that. He he noticed that the guy in the shop had a gun. And they're just like, ha ha. That's Mm -hmm. even better than a stolen wallet. Yeah. So they go inside and they tell him (laughs) to wait outside. He's like, okay, I will wait. And then he does not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he waits just until they're like looking under the counter and seeing both the, the guy's gun and finding jack's wallet mm-hmm. and he comes up behind them and bonks their heads together <laughs> i love Bloop. that it's so zany <laughs> and he because there is a lot in this section too where he doesn't want to come in and kill a bunch of people right like there's a bit in, in uh a little bit ahead in the story where he's got police... a plan now like that idea is becoming a plan but there's this part later on when the cops shoot into the drugstore mm-hmm. and he's furious because he's like, they don't even know if there's innocent people in here. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, these shitty, like, lotus eaters. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is nice Knock to see that Roland can a, a sometimes on occasion be a decent person. I mean... For the most part, I think he's usually fine. I don't think we can hold Tull against him necessarily, since everyone was trying to kill him. He he holds it against himself. He can be a real asshole. Oh, well, yeah. 
Yeah. So he asks for all of the... Uh, he wants the wallet. He wants all the uh He wants the four shells. boxes of Woo-hoo. shells. Yeah. And then he, he leaves money. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, he does. And he, like, checks it because he's just like, oh, my gosh, it really is bullets. <laughs> he's so excited. Uh, he wants the handcuffs. So he handcuffs him, the guy to the counter. And... He puts the cop's gun belts on. Yep. Like crisscrossed under yep. like, under his suit jacket. Oh, I love this shit. And the guy <laughs> has this moment where he thinks that should look stupid, but it doesn't. Like, yeah, he looks like some kind of righteous, like, you know, guy from a, you know, spaghetti western. Mm-hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> and then there is a great point where he's trying to do the whole, like, you, you can't shoot me. I got to take care of my poor old mother. And Roland's just like, yeah, your mother has a shitty son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd be doing her a favor, basically. <laughs> so uh, he leaves. He takes two other guns. Yeah. Uh, so that both Eddie and Odetta will have them. Yeah. He then goes and gets, he asks where a drugstore is. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, uh, Eddie is still tied up. Yeah. Sorry, Eddie. Uh, Roland goes into this drugstore. And so I like that he initially thinks that the drugstore is going to look like every cliche alchemist from. Like it's Merlin's little shop of wonders. He's (laughs) expecting, like, he goes, he had anticipated a dim, candlelit room full of bitter fumes, jars of unknown powders and liquids, and filters, (laughs) many covered with a thick layer of dust or spun about with a century's cobwebs. He had expected a man in a cowl, a man who might be dangerous. Like, he thought he was going to be on the witcher and instead <laughs> it's just a walgreens like yeah right it's this like really bitter sort of tired old pharmacist guy that's just hates his life and his father who started the business and everything and about it yes There's he hates of women misogyny. of course yeah uh it's an internal monologue in a stephen king <laughs> oh, wow uh, who would have thought <laughs> by a side character uh, i'll give it that like i feel like i'd be hard pressed to choose a hero that necessarily feels that way but the side yeah. characters have a tendency yeah uh he gets a little annoyed that there's so much just crap yeah because as he's going through and looking at all the stuff on the shelves, the part of the brain like, that is Jack this Moore. This is all chicanery. <laughs> it's just like there's stuff that, you know, you know, creams that, that don't really do what they're supposed to. And like, you know, stuff that's supposed to make your hair grow back and it doesn't work. And, mm. you know, it goes cures. But and these are the examples that I think this is where Roland and I would just intrinsically disagree mm-hmm. is that it goes here were cures for things that needed no curing things to make your bowels run or stop them up no important roland yeah both of those things <laughs> yeah. can be very important dude also you're about to be on a shit ton of antibiotics so yeah, maybe you so should have also get... grabbed some emodium yeah. just gonna throw that out there yeah um, get yourself some ko pectate my friend things to make your breath smell better as if you could not do that by chewing alder bark like okay dude there is nothing I'm... wrong Look for a fucking tree to make my breath smell better. I just love this idea that he's going down these aisles and this is just the still kind of the medicinal section. Like he hasn't even gone over to like nail polish. He'd probably have fallen down dead. Oh yeah. Cosmetics, yeah. Yeah, like that, I mean immediately he would have just been like, I don't know what's happening. It's for (laughs) these loose women. 
Frippery. I mean, there's a point later where it's revealed that Jack Mort is wearing tidy whities and he's just like, are these ladies' drawers? I don't even think they're tidy whities I think they're actually bikini briefs. Oh, really? Yeah, I think they're described as bikinis. I think they're just described as being enough that it's not like what he's used to, that he associates I can, it with. I could totally see Jack Mort wearing bikinis. It is honestly. the 80s. It's the 80s, yeah. I, I mean, just didn't want to think about that. Just, just think, like think about jockeys. Saturday Night Fever and those little underwear that John Travolta oh, has on. Yeah. I don't want to. When he says, Al Pacino. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. That's a movie that you'll forget is actually dark as hell. <laughs> oh, fuck. I hate that movie. I mean, and rightly so. But I think, yeah. you know, as someone who grew up after it was big, but like my parents had the album and stuff. So, I mean, I remember yeah. even when I was oh, born I mean, in like, the, the early 80s, it was still, still around. I love yeah. the soundtrack. And then I finally saw the movie and was like, oh, this is not really actually about dancing at all. Oh, wow. No, there's a gang rape in this movie. Awesome. It's like whenever they went to go see Magic Mike and it's actually about the economy. <gasps> Magic Mike sucks. Magic Mike <laughs> XXL, however. That when movie I saw, fucking rules. It's a masterpiece. When I saw Magic Mike, my friend and I went and we realized during it that this was when we were maybe like feeling more even though they were the same age as Channing Tatum mm-hmm. more like his character's mom because that part where he goes to the bank with all the cash yeah we were just like you can't do that you yeah. can't just walk in with all this cash and be like oh I want to start a small business like you have to be like I'd like to make a savings account yeah <laughs> nobody taught this child like you can't just go to the bank with 20 grand in cash they're gonna be like oh this is drugs yeah. I mean, like, this, this is, is my this is my hill that I will die on is that that movie is just dour and and not good, too dark. But the second one is fucking great and everyone also, should see it. I'm from Tampa and that scene where they jump into the Hillsborough River? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. Don't I do mean, that. I love that they're going to like the whole second movie. The the thing is like get to Myrtle Beach, and like the stops <laughs> that they make along the way. I'm like, yes, that is South Carolina. Even if it wasn't filmed there, it sure fucking looks like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Channing Tatum actually went to my high school, but only for a year before I went there, and then he mm. transferred to a different school. Gotcha. So I my brush just... with glory. I really did not like him for the longest time. There was just something about him. I was like, I don't know. I don't like that guy. But then I was like, oh, he's actually funny and charming. And like, I still don't like, I'm not like into him, but I think he's fine. <laughs> anyway. Let's says, Channing Tatum. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save it for the Patreon, Megan. <laughs> uh so Roland is, he just really is appalled by our modern drugstores, which, yeah. you know, bite me, dude. They're great. <laughs> yeah. Tear me away from Target. Um, exactly. Oh, he'd go nuts in a Target. Even though I. shame me the whole way. I hate Walgreens as a corporation. I think they're really bad. But there is one right down the street from my house. And I frequently have to go there because I have forgotten a necessary ingredient for dinner. So they are very convenient. Uh, but then he realizes when he like gets a little more information from Mort that, you know, all the good stuff's in the back and that the medicine that actually works is all locked up and you have to have mm-hmm. prescriptions, which he doesn't know what that is. He just thinks they're Rex's because of yeah. the prescription. Rx, yeah. Um, so he's just like, oh, well, 
<laughs> I gotta just go in and ask for this. So we have this whole, there's a whole long section about a woman on the phone who wants Valium because the 80s. Yeah. And then this guy he takes out the guard because there's a security guard who's basically like a rent-a-cop. Yeah. And he like destroys his gun. Like just like I don't even know what he does. I to think this he thing. shoots his gun. Like does he? He shoots, he shoots the guy's him. gun with his gun. He shoots that guy's knife a little later. Yeah. Um. But he just is like okay. He wants this antibiotic. Who first the guy thinks he's saying cocaine, and he's like, "We cannot give you any cocaine." And the guy's like, "I don't want cocaine. I don't know what that is." Like. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like that he's just like, I don't know what that is, so please don't give me that. Give me fucking Keflex right now. As much as you have. Yeah, and the guy's like, oh, shit. (laughs) And, like, one of his assistants is like, what do I do? And he's like, fill the script. Yeah. Just give him the freaking Keflex already. Uh, Roland is very impressed by the little uh, dome mirrors in the corners, because one... Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be able to make those in his world. And two, because he knows what they're for. And he could tell that someone's sneaking up on him. It's a dude with a knife. He shoots the knife out of his hand. Because uh, he's just like, I need to not be killing people. Like, can we just, can everyone just stop? Yeah. <laughs> no heroes. Like, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like that he calls the guy's assistant his apprentice. And they're just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. My who? At this point, he's not really trying to pass anymore he's not really trying that hard to like fit in so he's just like i'm in a hurry (laughs) if you could just yeah like give me these drugs like get mort to read the packages because he can't read it and Mm -hmm. then he realizes that was stupid because like why would they give him anything else yeah i do like that he says how many pills are in the bottle the guy's like well actually they're capsules (laughs) yeah god (laughs) shut up you fucking pedant nobody likes a pedant Anyway, that would be though. I'd be so nervous that I'd probably be like, I don't know. I'm helpful. No. What are numbers? I don't know them anymore. (laughs) And he says there's 200 and in a bottle. And he's just like, he thinks like, if I can't kill it with 200, then it can't be killed. Yeah. Which Which is pretty, it's pretty accurate. That's a lot of an antibiotic. Oh, yeah. That's going to mess At this point, you. I'm oh. surprised he doesn't die of just, like, the flu. Yeah. Because his body is just like, I got nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> he gives uh, them Jack Mort's Rolex and is like, I hope this is adequate. Yeah. And, and the this guy's is the like, best part. Because oh, the pharmacist yeah. is just like, no one saw anything. Because... <laughs> This is, it was like $60 worth of this antibiotic, and this is worth like $6,500. Yeah. And all three of them are just like, yeah, just give me part of it when you sell it, and I didn't see anything. Right. Yeah. So then, like, the cops are are chasing, you know, they're in pursuit, or he, he actually steals the cop's car, doesn't he? Well, the cops in the gun shop get loose. They yeah. wake up and they get loose, and... Then they hear that there's been this holdup at the drugstore mm-hmm. and the description. They realize it's this guy and they're just, I, mean, I like that one of them is just like, oh, God, did he use one of our guns? Yeah. And so they go, ru- you know, go running up to the drugstore. This is when one of them uh, 
shoots into the drugstore and Roland is just like, they didn't even know because they use a shotgun. Yeah. And he's just like, they didn't even know if anyone innocent was in here. And they're just like shooting in with, I think he called it a scatter rifle. Yeah. And which is a lovely, it's a lovely Kenning. And, uh, you know, he's just like, no, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I like that he's just really pissed off and he's just like, <sighs> yeah. Like, I would really love to go out there and just, like, punch these guys in the face a bunch, but I've got to keep moving. So. Uh, nobody's going to break his stride. Nobody's going to hold, gonna him, hold down. him down. Oh, no. <laughs> He's got to keep on I'm moving. Um, so, they, yeah, they steal. He steals the cop car and he drives it because he says, you know, to take him to. He wants to go to the village. Which I enjoy that he's just like, take me there. And I'd be like, uh, okay, anywhere else specifically? <laughs> like, just in general? Uh, so then he says, look, you push this woman in front of a train. Yep. And she lost her legs. And I want you to take me to where that happened. And at this point, Jack is actively fighting back. But mm-hmm. Roland is like, I think he's just so much stronger and... You know, he's just not letting go of control. And then mm-hmm. also, like, Jack is getting messed up. Like, he gets... There are cops there, like, in the village that are... You know, they're described very much in the way that a gunslinger is, like, throughout the series. Like, there's certain things that happen, like, when they kind of go into their, like, sort of kill mode or whatever. <laughs> gunslinger mode, where this, like... They always describe it as, like, a curtain of, like, coldness mm-hmm. closing o- over them. And, like, these cops yeah, and, and are sort of... Roland actually them. thinks, like, these two are decent gunslingers. These are real gunslingers, Like, yeah. this isn't like those other ones. Right. Uh, so they, they recognize the stolen cop car. Mm-hmm. They try to stop uh, Roland and Jack from going into the subway. They shoot at them. Yep. And they hit Jack, but they bust his lighter. Yeah, the lighter that he keeps in his breast pocket. Um, so, like, he doesn't get shot, but it does ignite the lighter fluid. And so, he's just on fire. Yeah, so he's, like, laying there pretending to be dead <laughs> and also on fire. And the whole time Jack is, like, screaming, like, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, put me out. And Roland's like, shut up, you stupid asshole. <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Oh, no, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and... Roland gets up and he tells the two other cops, like, you're good, you're better than the others, but don't follow me because I don't want to have to kill you. Yeah. And he goes down to the subway. Uh, everyone's just like, there's this dude running through. He's on fire. Yeah. Um, and he gets to the platform. This mm-hmm. is when he strips. Yep. Uh, and he stuffs all of the bullets and the medicine and everything into the underwear. Yeah. And basically he's like the trade is coming and he's just like well this is more than you deserve yeah what's about to happen and Mort's starting to be like wait what yeah (laughs) so at this point like right as the train is rolling up Roland shouts for Detta and Odetta to look look through the door look at him look and see what he's doing and he jumps in front of the train as jack and at the last second before the train hits him he Mm -hmm. you know sort of goes back through the door so the train does like run over jack but um 
you know, Roland manages to survive. And he gets back through the door with the bullets and mm. the medicine. Yeah, but he is still sick as fuck in this world, so he is not able to really do anything at this point. And when he gets through the doorway, there's... He realizes Eddie's screaming. Eddie mm-hmm. is tied up. The waves have started to come up. It's nighttime, so the monstrosities yeah. are starting to come in. And Detta is screaming, as he says, in two voices. And when he looks over, it's almost as if there's two different people. Like, they're yeah. two identical versions of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detta and Odetta, they're fighting. They're fighting, and I think Detta puts her her hands around Odetta's neck. And Odetta, like, I don't know, she just, uh, she actually stops fighting and embraces Detta. Mm-hmm. Because she starts, you know, because Detta is sort of doing this stream of consciousness mm-hmm. about, you know, the, all the things that she's had to do because everything that she did was kind of out of this, like, you know, it's vengeance, really. Like, yeah. she says, you know, she broke things because she didn't have things and yeah. she you know stole from stores that white people like because you know there are black people starving in the same city mm-hmm. and you know and like Odetta listening to this is sort of just like this is also me and I can't yeah. kill her right and so she embraces her and just says you know I love you and they become one woman they become one woman and, and then uh, she looks over at what's happening because, like, Roland is trying to get Eddie out of there. And, like, lobstrosities mm-hmm. are coming up, but they're not really – he can't get Eddie out of there and fight off lobstrosities. Yeah, and Roland's and, like, oh, we're both about to die. And this merged third person grabs Roland's gun and is just like, let's fucking do this. <laughs> yeah. And starts shooting lobstrosities. Yeah. So – and this is – so this is a, the three, the third – that he drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is Susanna Dean. Yes. As she, she will be known from, from henceforth. She shoots a bunch of the lobstrosities. The rest of them kind of dig what's happening and go back into the water. Roland is trying to get the rope from around Eddie's neck. And Susanna comes up with his knife. And it's just like, I got this. Mm-hmm. Like, go over there. <laughs> uh, and she just says, you know... Like, you know, I'm I'm the woman you saved. And yeah. she cuts Eddie loose. And so then they are, they've moved on. Yeah. And they are in the woods. Roland shoots a deer. Yeah. He's, he, you know, you get like a sense of time passing because he describes like getting stronger, feeling better. Um, having, <laughs> having stomach massive, trouble. Having massive diarrhea from all those antibiotics. Oh my god, there's not a single, like, there's not a bacteria left in his body. Like, right. He has expelled them all. Like, this is, you know, you can't, you can't use antibiotics for everything. Yeah. Folks, like, there's but reason I mean, we tell I, you to finish them, there, but I also feel like 200 they're... doses of antibiotics. Well, I don't, I doubt he took all 200, but. Oh, I bet he did, because Eddie's think so? like. Eddie's like, take those. And I don't recall <laughs> them coming up later because I think they would have held on to them. Mm. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I just, oof. Well, you never know, like, monster infections, you know, they could be That's a bitch, true. I guess. <laughs> and remember, I mean, if it's anything like in the movie when he goes and gets like that blood work done and they're like, so you have everything. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm also um, thinking too because it's mid world that there's probably I don't know I don't want to get too far ahead of myself but it's probably some like radioactive business at work there too. Oh, probably. I don't even want to know. Not that antibiotics would do anything for that, but anyway, yeah. So Roland gets better, gets stronger. Um, he shoots his deer. He can't really uh dress it but susanna comes up and does it and they are now like a real content yeah because you know there's a point where she says like well i'll do that and he says well do you know how and she goes no but you'll tell me Mm -hmm. which you know now like they appreciate each other and they're working together uh they've started eating they had grass to eat so they don't have scurvy anymore (laughs) they had scurvy earlier that was a thing yeah i mean they i like that part because they're like you know we're eating every night but we're starving to death because we're not getting we're eating the same lobster lobstrosities yeah uh he does wake up at one point because dead uh susanna's about to eat devil grass (laughs) he's just like not that one yeah don't ever do that so yeah apparently it's like it's closer to you i guess it's closer to heroin than than marijuana because you think it grows out of the ground it must be you know kind of like hemp or something i guess yeah yeah yeah. uh so they eat a bunch of meat they're Mm -hmm. all very happy and they all like go to sleep and roland has a dream yep of the tower Mm -hmm. and now this is when we In find out that she's now field. Susanna Susanna Dean. Yeah, she took Eddie's last name. Um, and I do like that. It, like this point, so Susanna's sleeping, and Eddie and Roland are talking, and Eddie's just like, "Well, where are we going?" And he goes to the tower, and he's like, "Yes, I know that part." <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, know about the tower. Where he's is just this? like, I need to know that you're not gonna dick us over, and yeah. like you know leave us to die in some horrible way and all in pursuit of your tower and roland's like um i don't know that about that (laughs) (laughs) i'll do what i have to do probably will and eddie's (laughs) like well then if anything happens to her i'm gonna fucking kill you and he's just like look First, he's like, I don't know exactly where we're going but this jawbone will probably tell me at some point and he's (laughs) just like oh boy like, I know I'm in this mystical world and all, but sometimes, <laughs> uh, sometimes this is too much, which is sort of how I would feel. If he's like, also, this jawbone will speak to him. I'd be like, okay, wait, let's back up for a second here. Yeah. What's going to happen with this jawbone? Oh, the days uh-huh. before MapQuest. Not um, even Google Maps, MapQuest. Jawbone. Yeah. <laughs> if we uh, start a navigation system, we have to call it Jawbone. And let's never start a navigation system. It'd oh, be God, terrible. no. I get lost everywhere. I don't. I can't read maps. <laughs> um, it's a... Uh, and Roland says, I love you both, but I'll do what I need to do. Yeah. Like, sorry. So they cry a little and they hug. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice. It's like... nice to see Roland, like, connecting with another person mm-hmm. in an emotional way. Like... It's nice to know that he's not just this, like, he is this, like, relentless machine in this pursuit, but at the same time, like, he can stop and be a human being and have emotional connections. Mm-hmm. He kind of vaguely mentions Jake at this point, but he doesn't get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for later. Yes. And he says, you know, we're probably all going to die. 
Yeah. But we will be magnificent. Which yeah, is it's... not really that comforting role. <laughs> no. No, it's not comforting, but it it does I feel like it probably It's a very Paul Atreides line. I kind of feel like it maybe galvanizes Eddie a bit though, because Maybe a little. You know, it is like Eddie has never gotten a chance to really be heroic and now he's mm-hmm. getting that chance and I feel like it's probably feels really good, especially considering where he was at the beginning of this book. And he's, you know, Eddie goes to sleep and Roland sits there and he just thinks, you know, is he going for damnation? Is he going for salvation? Mm-hmm. But he's just going to go to the tower and then there he will See sing what's all what. their names. Yeah. That's a lovely ending. And that's the end. Yeah. And then we have our little note from Stephen King because that's how all his book ends. Yes. Uh, and I always enjoy those. I'm always just kind of like, tee hee. Like, he yeah. wrote me this note. I, just um. for me. I really like this book a lot. I still, I think it's one of the best in the series. Mm-hmm. It, it does have parts where it drags, but I think so much happens and like when things really start going, like they go so fast and it, it has a lot of like really good entertaining parts and also like some real like character growth and development. Mm-hmm. In this one, and I mean, it's Eddie and Susanna, I and I love them so much. I do wish that, particularly once it's sort of realized by Eddie and Roland that Detta's persona is a put on, that mm-hmm. she could maybe stop. Yeah. That there could maybe be a point where one of them is like, I know this isn't legitimate. Yeah. And then she could stop screeching, you know yeah stuff that is just so painful to read it is knowing that a white man wrote it yeah in that respect it i mean it is a very flawed book i'm not gonna deny that oh no yeah yeah and especially those parts and i listened to the audiobook of this no and it was really rough you guys yeah so many slurs it's just like even if you're home alone and you're hearing someone just yelling slurs, it's like you're just looking around like, who heard that? This is horrible. Please, God, let yeah. nobody see me listen to this. When I was reading uh, Live and Let Die, mm-hmm. it's sort of like that. Because even though there isn't anything on the cover or on the back copy, mm-hmm. there's so many points in that book where it is just very, there's no slurs necessarily. But it is written in a very, like, look at all these different things than us that black people do. Oh, And it's like, dear. oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> you know, there's just lots of, like, oh, have you ever been to a jazz club? They're so funny. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Geez. The 60s. The 60s. <laughs> Ian Fleming. Oh, no. <laughs> and you just feel like people know. Yeah. yeah you're, like, you're reading it just, like, on the train. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to skip this part. <laughs> So um, that does it for this edition of us talking about the Dark Tower. We mm-hmm. will be back uh, after we finish the next part of Dune to discuss the Dune wastelands. Itself, yeah, I believe. I think we're up to the last the last part. So is it really? I think there's. I think the last part, the last last part, the last is like, like just really uh, short. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but we're close enough. Yeah, we're pretty close to the end. So we'll be back to talk about the uh, the wastelands whenever we get finished. You know, with the next part of Dune, 
And uh, oh my gosh, we're going to be starting the next Dune book soon. What? Oh my God. That one's, at least that one's so tiny. Short. Yes. It's a little bitty book. It's just, it's like slim. A tiny little Dune Messiah. It's quite svelte, that book. So little. Yeah. So uh, that should be a little less daunting (laughs) for those that are (laughs) reading along with us. And uh, yeah, we're going to have, we're not back yet. I think we we might do another special episode or two. I, I definitely want to get a guest in here to talk about either the movie or the miniseries. Mm-hmm. So before we come back to, to actually reading and then, uh, yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Yes, because these books are so, they're so good and they're so dear to our hearts. And... I feel like they're just such an easy, like, it's such an easy transition to make between Dune and the series, honestly. It really is. I think so. I really do. I mean, I'm not saying that they're, like, comparable books. Like, they're not that much alike. No, but they're complementary. They are. There are definitely series that if you said, oh, well, what if we read this? I'd be like, what? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. If you're like, let's read Wheel of Time, I'd be like, no. (laughs) Don't tempt me. That would not, we've taken this long to get through Dune. I know. We never. No. That would be our purgatory forever. I have yet to finish the series. Like, I still have not read the last book. And it's, yeah. So probably never gonna happen at this point i don't know (laughs) you never know what the future holds but um yeah do we have anything to plug this week i don't think so no i don't don't have any emails not no okay well it gets spam emails now and i don't like that so people should email us yeah i think people should email us you know write to us at uh weirdingpodcast at gmail.com we are always happy to read your letters or not read them we'll just read them on the show mm-hmm. whatever you prefer um we are on itunes if you want to leave us a review it really helps us out it helps us be more seen more visible more listeners bigger crowd we'll do more stuff mm-hmm. you know it's a it's all we're the circle the, of life here <laughs> the year of the movie now people yes we're in the year of the movie so i mean i'm really like thinking we said like, before and I said this on Twitter, you know, I have no, I'm not getting into, like, drama. I have no mm-hmm. beef with it. But, you know, no. Star Wars is done at the moment. Come on. Yeah. Come to Dune. Come over come to, to us. Dune. Yes. Just We're cool, on. I swear. You um, like space, right? Come we on. are approaching our one-year anniversary of the show. Oh. And I want to have a giveaway. Um, we have some awesome merch in our merch store. So I will, you know... I'm gonna I'm gonna have to figure out the parameters of it, but I think mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's gonna be some of our merchandise as a prize. Um, it'll probably be just leave us a review, and you could win a prize. But we'll see. I might set up a, a <laughs> raffle or something. Ooh, yeah, fancy. I think so. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for us this week. You can uh, email us, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Weirding Podcast weirding pod we're in all the places we'd love mm-hmm. to hear we're from lurking you. around various uh dune themed facebook groups oh yes <laughs> we are lurking we have yet to announce like i have a podcast no i, I somehow I feel... have some restraint there <laughs> yeah 
that's only one time and this was in a friend's post but there's only mm. been one time that someone was like oh yeah i was listening to this dude podcast and i was just like my hello <laughs> yeah <laughs> was it did ours? someone mention me was it our podcast <laughs> it was oh wow awesome i love I mean, to hear that to be fair it was you know a friend of a mutual friend of ours who mm. you know mm. was just like oh i've been listening to this podcast and it was just like haha <laughs> Hooray. I did that, like, Rita Hayworth hair thing. <laughs> Me? <laughs> awesome. uh, but, yes, so, uh, yeah. Yay. I'm excited by our our anniversary and our hiatus and all of our exciting stuff. And... Yes. I'm really, it's weird that I, I'm, like, trying so hard not to immediately dive into the wastelands. I'm going to save it because it is my favorite book in the Dark Tower series, so we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But until then, we'll see you next time. Take it easy, guys. Bye. I don't know what that ending was. <laughs> <laughs>